You're about to listen to youth produced content from Listen Up Youth Radio. Listen Up is a Twin City social enterprise working at the intersection of youth employment, leadership, and media production. You're listening to Youth Soup, the podcast that adds some youth to your soup. That was so good. Yay. Here we're back for season two, episode 11 of Youth Soup. And today I am joined with Rena and then me, JC. And today we'll be focusing on discussing um, themes relating to the land, community, mutual aid, and the economy, and how specifically in regarding to like our own lives and, you know, the larger Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, uh, the reason we decided to talk about these things is because we were just prepping for an exciting, really, really exciting interview um, for season three, so stay tuned because I'm so excited. We're, by, we're literally so, so excited, excited that we like we couldn't we couldn't not talk about this. Yes, today because that's like literally all that's on my like I can't not think about this. I am so excited. We have things to say. We got things to say and things to talk about, and um, the people that we will be interviewing interviewing in in season three definitely I think have way more like experience and knowledge on this topic. Um, so get very excited to hear from them and people who are like, uh, like consistently in relation to the land. Um, this is just some things that we've been thinking about, um, in the process of preparing for that interview. Um, so yeah, we don't have all the answers. We don't have like all the like technical terms. Um, these are just our experiences and our thoughts and, um, yeah, we hope. That I hope you enjoy this episode. Yes. We're, we're just like like we're, no, we're, we're like really excited. There's so like excited. like energy like radiating <laughs> off of us right now. It's crazy. It's bonkers. It's wild. Bonkers. Um, but I guess I'll just like let's dive in, guys. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's dive in. Um, so the first question that we kind of prepped out was like, what can we learn about? Can you read? My handwriting is really um, not the best. What can we learn about caring for, me, for one another um, from plants and the natural world around us? Um, I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm reading a book called Island of, The Island of the Missing Trees, and it's about Cyprus. Um, and it's, like, narrated in part by a fig tree. And it's just, like, really incredible reading um about uh this fig tree's like observations between how uh how humans like like the weird things that humans do that like trees would never do like mm-hmm. this is just crazy like why are you not communicating with one another why are mm-hmm. you not like why are you not working with one another um and cuz this is in reference to like the Greek and Turkish, like, divide in Cyprus, um, which is something I know absolutely nothing about, so I'm not going to say anything about it, but um, hearing about this for the first time from a fig tree has been very interesting, Mm. and I think that something that I've uh, just always admired about trees is um, the ways that trees communicate with one another through root systems, and um, growing up on a farm and in the woods really like I 
I'm so grateful to be able to be around so much, um, so much like tenderness and care, even without like being around people. Um, and I think that as people, we are not always the best at um, being patient with one another and being uh, and like meeting each other where we're at. And I think that is something that we can learn. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so that's something that I mean, there's so many things so much. If we just like shut up and paid attention to tr the ways that trees and like plants work, y'all. Be so much, we, would, we would have so much stuff figured out. And so many people have done so much, like, um, work, like, with the land, like, in indigenous communities especially. Like, it's not like people don't haven't done this and aren't doing this. It's just that, um, yeah, more oh, people yeah. need to be doing it. Mm -hmm. so, no, I yeah. agree. Kind of interesting because, like, what you said about, like, how trees... They're just, I don't know, they're just simpler. Yeah. And with humans, like, do, like, do plants even have, like, the feeling of greed? Because, mm. like, I know that they'll, like, compete with each other to get the most sun. Mm -hmm. But, like, is, is that greed? Because I, I don't even know. Because other animals I know have greed. Like, they'll, mm -hmm. um keep things, keep, like, food for themselves, they'll hoard it for themselves. But, like, I don't think that plants do that, really. Mm -hmm. It's sort of, like, a thing that everybody does except for them. That's mm -hmm. true. Like, even though there's, like, invasive species, but, like, I'm pretty sure that the only reason that invasive species are where they're, like, not supposed to be is colonization. Yeah. Exactly. It's because of humans and coming on through, like, boats. Mm -hmm. So, like, naturally, I don't think that plants experience greed or... That'd be interesting. Mm. Like, that'd be really, really interesting. That is so interesting. It's like, do they feel emotions like we do? Because I feel like that's a lot. It's like, what makes us human, but at the same time, it's like, just animal There's definitely a lot of parallels between just trans <laughs> between trees and like the way that they're structured not only just like a singular tree but the way that it functions and works around other trees and like there's right what you were saying about how you admire or like one of the big things that you take away from trees is like the how they're all connected with their roots and like I definitely see that translated onto people mm -hmm. because you know, upon first glance, some groups of people, they don't, it doesn't seem like there's anything in relation, but like there's a history that connects everyone to each other, whether like outside we don't look like we share a similar background or histories, but like everything is connected. 
and there's ways in which groups can go back and learn about their roots and history to to help other groups that are currently being you know oppressed or affected by said histories yeah yeah um another uh another thing that uh this fig tree was talking about <laughs> um is intergenerational trauma and how um i wish i had this book with me but there's this like comparison to um how like this tree was like okay so in theory if families work like trees, like the family tree thing, you know, mm -hmm. then intergenerational trauma can be observed like you observe a tree. Like there was this uh, comparison to the way that like sap trickles down um, like very, 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 very slowly and you might not notice it. Mm. Um, and if Gosh, I really wish I had this book. I literally almost brought it. <laughs> I was reading it before you picked me up, and then I put it down. Crazy. I didn't bring it. But, um, and about how, like, um, inner, like, trauma can, like, s entire, could, like, entirely skip a generation. And you could see, you could come across, like, a grandchild, like, trying to understand and cope with their grandparents' mm. traumas and their grandparents' um, histories. And, um, yeah, so I think wow. that was really... That is insane. Because what are you saying, like, I mean, I'm curious to meet people or families where, like, certain traumas were able to skip because mm -hmm. oftentimes it's, like, trauma does go through every, like yeah generation no matter what mm -hmm. but and like now this is making me think about like my own family maybe the skip generations are the generations that just don't talk about it i think mm, that might be what the tree that's is, what it is the tree is talking about because in this book um the the young child um her her parents kind of were hesitant to talk about um, Cyprus because um, her mom is was Turkish and her dad is Greek mm -hmm. and that was like mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. could not like absolutely like they they um, her dad's parents was like stop talking to him mm -hmm. like um, because there's also the distinction of um, Turkish Muslims and Greek Christians mm -hmm. and so there was like I mean, ethnic genocide. Yeah. Um, and so her parents just, like, didn't talk about it very often. Um, and so she really doesn't understand um, this, like, ethnic divide mm -hmm. that is so intrinsic to her identity. That's literally, like, where she's from. Mm -hmm. She's never been to Cyprus. She lives in England. But, like... Um, so when her aunt comes to see her for the first time, aunt from, Cyprus, from which side? Cyprus. Okay. Um, uh, because like her mom's family just like completely cut, like mm -hmm. cut her off basically. Um, and so when her, when she finally meets her like Turkish aunt, 
she's like, well, like, I don't understand why, like, my parents never talked about this. And that could 100% be trauma, like, quote-unquote, skipping a generation. Mm. Even though I know for a fact that these parents were they incredibly have... traumatized. Yes. Because that's, you read about it in the book, because mm-hmm. it kind of takes place through. Through both? Like, the, yeah. the parents and then the child? Yeah. Mm. So crazy. Do you, by chance, remember the title of the book and the author? Uh-huh. So that... Everyone should freaking read this book. <laughs> it's called The Island of... Let me... Island of the Missing Trees. Um, Was this a recently published book or like? Um, 2021. Yeah, so oh, super, wow. super. It's written by um, Turkish writer Elif Shafak. I don't know how to pronounce Yeah, Elif Shafak. Um, it's set in Cyprus and London. Um, so it's really, really, really good. And I am like halfway through it it's a thick wow. book a thick and it's one. beautiful <laughs> it's beautiful so yeah do you want to move on to another yes. question because we can literally i'm sorry but like, we can talk about this yeah we can okay. talk and also we can like we have so many thoughts that like branch out of mm-hmm. you know but also i'm sorry your handwriting <laughs> oh my gosh okay um this uh question is how can we divest slash move away from relying on, like, big corporations and industries and invest more in, like, community and mutual aid and non-extractive exchanges in kind of the way that I was thinking about it is, like, how can we learn from the ways that uh, plants uh, and animals, like, have, what is it called? Non... Like, what, like, the, where the... The humpback whale and this, like, oh, you know what I mean? Symbiotic? Symbiotic relationships. There we go. How can we learn to, like, have more uh, symbiotic relationships with um, our community and our land? Because, like, the land around us, like, literally takes care of us. Mm-hmm. So how can we, like, take care of the land? in ex- Not in exchange, but, like... But, like- no, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? We get the gist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the gist. Okay. Anyone want to... Crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That is crazy. Like, I... Oh. You, you can go. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Not me mentioning TikTok, but guys, I have to. <laughs> because, okay, I feel like right now, like, currently as a as a college student and having to think, being surrounded in a space where, like, some of the people I encounter, they're, like, so obsessed in thinking about post-grad and like how much money they want to make how much this and that which is totally valid especially like you know people who come from low-income backgrounds like there is it's tough like the way that you grow up and you want to get away from that but then also you're feeding into taking advantage of and oppressing the same people that you came from Mm -hmm. you know so it's that complicated relationship and it's something that I'm forced to think about and everyone will eventually have to be forced to think about. And it's like, I wish there's a way for me to get away from like, from capitalism, from like being able to survive without money. And that's like, when I saw this TikTok, it's, you know, this person was like saying how if anyone is down, like they're willing to do non-extractive exchanges 
And it's like if, for example, if I'm someone who really, really wants to learn how to play tennis or something, but I don't have the means to, you know, take lessons from a facility or whatever, but if I meet someone who knows how to play tennis, I can offer a good of mine. Like, for example, I'm really into art and making painting, creating sculptures, like textile work. If the person that knows how to play tennis wants my work, like I can exchange exchange it in, in favor of them teaching me lessons. And like, I wish people, more people did that. And the truth is people are currently doing that. There's people low-key, low-key underground, but, but it's possible. And talking about the land and just plants, you know, they, they work with each other in ways that, where they're not exchanging like these objects that are tied to money and value. They're helping each other without that. So like humans can do the same thing. It's just needing to let go of that pressure, societal pressure that we've been conditioned to believe that we need the only way to get something is through monetary exchange. Yeah. Or like, or um, taking advantage. Yeah. Like, and like, like I, that can't be, that can, I know that, I know for a fact that's just not the only way that we can mm -hmm. like thrive. Like, yes. th it's just, no, it's not possible. It's, it's not, not possible. And we're, I mean, we know we're not thriving. Like the, the world sucks right no, now. We, we are not thriving. This is we are not, not thriving. This cannot be the best. No. <laughs> The fact is, we have done that before. Yes. It was what people would call nowadays a simpler time, but I feel, and people would, might say it was like a harder time, but I feel like it really wasn't. Mm -hmm. And like, how was it harder? Yeah. Like, they had different problems than we do now, but I don't think it was harder. And also, like like you said, people are still doing non-extractive uh, things now, and it just really depends on where you are. Because, mm -hmm. like, I don't know where he went, but my dad went on a trip, and he was, like, telling me about it. And he was like, yeah, we went to, like, this little village, and everybody just, like, depended on each other. And they, like, there was the butcher, and he did that, and... There were like the farmers and the people like were making pottery mm -hmm. and all of this. They all had like different roles, and they all just seemed like really happy. He like noticed, and it was just like it didn't. We might like in okay, closing my thought. Like <laughs> um, society might think of that as just like I don't know, not. I'm trying to search for a word, but like, I can't figure it like out. Inadequate because it doesn't benefit. It's not feeding. Yeah, it's not yeah, feeding into it. It's, yeah, like it's not a good system. And in their eyes, because. Yeah, but like, they're happy. It seems like everything was running well. Mm -hmm. And it seems it was running well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, an example that, like, immediately comes to mind when I think of plants and the, like, natural world, um, supporting each other and, like, having a symbiotic relationship is Three Sisters Gardens, um, which is, um, I don't want to get my facts wrong, um, 
corn, beans, and squash. Mm. Um, and this is like a indigenous uh, gardening method. Um, and so like planting these three uh, sisters, the three sisters together, um, like all these three plants like benefit from each other's like characteristics, I guess. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to read this. Mm-hmm. So um, when planted together, the three sisters work together to help one another thrive and survive. Utilizing the corn, beans, and squash together in your garden draws upon centuries of indigenous agricultural traditions and ex- expertise. Um, and basically, we have we have a three sister garden um, in my yard, and like corn because of like the tall stalks. Mm-hmm. That's what they're called. Yeah, it. Um, provides like a something for the beans to grow on because the beans are like they wrap around yeah the beans wrap around and then they provide um they provide shade for um the squash uh okay wait no so the, the squash leaves shade the ground so it retains moisture mm. and um what else like also, because of the fact that, like, corn, beans, and squash, like, have so many nutrients, like, it's kind of, um, like... Like, that's a whole meal. That's literally a whole meal. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like, it's incredible that, um, I don't know, like, these plants, like, know how to work together. Mm. And the Despite co- being that, so different. Yeah, the fact that people have... Like, the, the fact that people listened and paid attention enough to, to know that, and then, um, like, I don't know. I think that the Three Sisters Gardens are, like, prime example of symbiotic relationships and non-extractive exchange because they're not, the plants aren't hurting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, like, obviously, there's instances where plants will, like, something will just not be working, and that's usually because of, like, uh, they're lacking something, um, or because they're planted at a wrong time or something. But more often than not, like, squash, beans, and, um, corn, like, pay attention (laughs) to one another and, like, work to fill in the gaps. And I think that's, um, learning from them and, uh, I don't know, we can move away from relying on okay the thing is like in my head big corporations have figured out a way to like keep us in their freaking clutches and just like to be able to survive mm-hmm. so um in order to like fully divest from big corporations Especially in the United States, we'd have to have like a like giant amount of people. So, wow. just an idea, guys. <laughs> just you know, a little idea. Talk to people in your neighborhood. Like literally, it's it all starts small, and mm-hmm. then yeah, like with everything, everything starts small. Getting the people around you and the people you know in your own community to to be doing these practices, mm-hmm. and then the hope is that other people see these communities thriving mm-hmm. without stepping away from 
big corporations, mm-hmm. and thus they will also adopt these practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, something just like a thought in my head when like we're thinking about like okay, like how to start small, how to like start building these communities of non-extractive exchange and mutual aid. I mean, first of all, there's mutual aid circles. Like, join them. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they're everywhere. They're like. literally <laughs> everywhere. Like, white people give black people your money. Just like there's mutual exchange or mutual aid circles. Just join one, if you can. Like, if you have the means, join one. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. But if you're looking to start in your community, um, and uh, some things that come to mind are, um, like, if you have food that you're not going to use or some or some like household items that you're just not going to use give them to someone else who will use them boom wow crazy there's uh like facebook groups called buy nothing sell nothing and people can just like post things and be like hey does anyone want this in my neighborhood boom now you don't have to hold on to that and someone else can benefit from it Mm -hmm. another thing child care child care oh my god child care hey guys that is um, one of the biggest ways, like... Yeah. Yo. Because childcare is so expensive. And we can't just, like... Unfortunately, people can't just, like, stop yeah. their, like, incredibly time-consuming, probably minimum-wage jobs to take care of their children. And so offering childcare, if you can... Um, in exchange for what, like, being able to spend time with a young child? I don't mm-hmm. know. They're like, so fun. Like They're so, even when they're not. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> they might know. be, children might be annoying at times, but they offer such, so much insight yeah. into so being, sweet. yeah. They don't know the problems of the world yet, so they're just so, like, carefree. Like, they're so happy. Mm-hmm. I think just, like, if you take away anything on this episode, like, looking out for each other and, um... Yeah, caring for each other in small ways and then growing the community and taking care of each other in, like, really, really big ways. Ten out of ten. Good idea, in my Mm -hmm. humble opinion. Um, Yeah. 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 How are we on time? It is 5.55. So. Close out? Yes. Um, I think... Uh, this conversation has been really healing or like I don't know I'm I'm feel like and I'm feeling I want to dance yes yeah yeah I, I hope that um people are able to find ways to support one another one and other and um care for each other and be tender with one another so we can um I don't know divest from systems that harm us mm-hmm. to incredible extents. Yes. Um, and now I'm thinking about it. That one makes me sad. But, um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And listen and take time to um, be outside and listen to plants. And yes. And read that book that we oh recommended. Oh, my gosh, read that book. There's so many books out there. Um like by Diane Wilson and Winona LaDuc um, to learn about like our relationships with the world around us. Would recommend those authors. There's so many authors to read. Indeed. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. See you next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening in. That has been us. Learn more about Listen Up Youth Radio, including our peer-to-peer educational workshops in media production and social media marketing services at www.listenupyouth.org. Check out past broadcasts of YouthSoup on a live podcast app now available on iOS and coming soon to Android. This activity was made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.